Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. Thank you so much for being here. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and I greatly appreciate you being a proactive parent and being here to get these resources that I share with you because, like you, I once had a child who was diagnosed with autism, and I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies, and good luck. Basically, that there wouldn't be much we could do but manage his symptoms. But my holistic background let me know that you know, the brain can and does heal. So I wanted to figure out how that could happen for my son, what was going on. And it's important to know the causes of what co- what is causing the symptoms of autism and being able to work with those causes and not just mask symptoms, especially masking them with drugs that have negative and even harmful side effects. So over now, almost 14 years of research. Today, I can tell you my son is fully recovered from his symptoms of autism. And I have put the four stages into a free webinar for you uh, that you can get called the four stages to naturally recover from the symptoms of autism. And I want to be able to walk you through it to help you understand greater what you can do for your child. And stage one is healing the gut. Stage two is natural heavy metal detoxification. Stage three is clearing the co-infections. And we're going to talk about some of those today. Stage four is brain support and repair. And you can get that free workshop at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. And I will also link it on today's show notes as well at the bottom of the page. Today's show notes will be found at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian. And the reason it's Brian is because today we have Brian DeShore with us today uh, live. And Brian is recovered from autism caused by Lyme disease and mold biotoxin illness. And that's where I talk about these co-infections. They can mimic the symptoms of autism. At 18 months old, Brian was diagnosed on the autism spectrum, and Brian continued his earlier years of life with very limited speech. And then one day at age six, he suddenly found himself in extreme pain, and his legs stopped working. His health continued to decline, and he was unable to turn himself over in bed or even walk. And for two years following that, he was restricted to using a wheelchair. Well, Brian's mother, Dr. Jody DeShore, is a neurologist, and she was determined to figure out how to restore Brian's health back to 100%, just like you and I, a determined parent, regardless of your background. He had seen many doctors around the world, and it took a decade to finally discover that he had Lyme and chronic inflammation response from mold biotoxins. So ultimately, integrative medicine and clinical herbalism helped him accomplish his dreams. Today, Brian is 17 years old. He has been accepted to Ivy League high school summer programs and won science and math awards. And he plans to have a career in medicine to help other people know why they do not have to live in pain with chronic illnesses either. He currently has his own website, teenlimehub.com where he runs a support group for teens with Lyme disease, mold biotoxin illness, PANS or PANDAS, and Asperger's. And you can also join his Facebook group from there as well. And again, I will be linking to all of Brian's resources on the show notes page for today, which again is naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian. So Brian, welcome and thank you so much for being here today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I mean, there are so many parents who want to hear from you. Uh, You know, you are 
the the perfect example. My my son also is recovered. He's a bit more private, and I I leave that alone. So I appreciate you coming forward, you know, out here like this, and 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 you've even developed a website to help support other children who are on the spectrum and and help uh, help people to understand what it's like. And I think that's the greatest benefit, you know, for any parent to to have a child with autism. You kind of, you know, in a sense, sometimes you want to think, well, what is it like to be inside their body? What do they feel like? You know, so why don't we we start with some of this being what were your original symptoms? So my original symptoms really started a week or two after my DTAP shot. After that, I it was like the vaccines. I really started with that. And a week or two after that shot, I re- reacted with fever, rashes, stomach upset. And then slowly my language just would not progress. And that's why my mom told me I was too young to remember it back then. The earliest memory I really had was at 1.5 years of age. That's where I remember I have a really good memory. And my good friend, Mika, who I know pretty much before we were born, was over at my house for a play date. My mom told me that they met during birthing classes and they have remained best friends ever since. Our family spends a lot of time together and she was curious about how my new roller coaster toy and was about to try try it. So I didn't know how fast it would go. So when she got on, it went too fast. She lost control and toppled over. Now, most people would say, "Uh uh-oh, fall down with the double L, right? But I really couldn't pronounce my L's that time. So I said, "Uh uh-oh, fall down with a W. And it was very embarrassing for me. (laughs) I knew I was saying it all wrong. And this was just one of the instances that it happened. Another word, for example, is when I want pizza, I said tzatziti. And... I don't know why I said tzatziti. It was just weird, and it was pretty embarrassing. So I just stopped talking in general because I just did not want to embarrass myself any more than I already have. So my parents had me tested, and I did have a vocabulary of 2,000 and more words, and it became, but because I really couldn't talk, I became an introvert and just kept myself occupied. However, a good thing came out of this. I learned how to read all by myself. Yep, yep, I, I did. I didn't need anybody. I just sat there, read, and that was really it. So around two years, of that was around two years of age. And at 2.5 years of age, I was able to crack the code to read music. Now, music was very fun back in my earlier years. I've pretty much abandoned it now. I still listen to it, but it's, I used to play it a lot. For example, the piano. And to this day, I don't understand how it happens, but it just came to me naturally. I guess maybe because I, I didn't really talk, these other skills came into play to replace it. I'm not sure. So therefore I could read English, I could read music and play the piano, but I really couldn't speak in sentences. For example, like you see a word, then you know that word, but you couldn't string it together in the sentence. And therefore I really couldn't have a conversation with someone. I also had weak muscles, flexible joints and fatigued easily because of my physical strength and my other conditions that were underlying back then. From preschool to elementary school, however, technology was the great, a great ally in helping me make friends. It still is today. And as long as I had a handheld video game, video games at home, and other newer gadgets, I found that kids wanted to engage in play and play dates with me. Now, the thing that really started it was because I was, I was playing sports a lot. I was a very athletic kid before the issues happened. So I recall being six years of age, and I was at baseball practice. And, during, and I was running to first base, and my left leg just gave out. I don't know why. I don't know how. It just gave out on me. I fell down, and my hips started hurting really bad. I felt a burning sensation through my pelvis and I kind of blacked out. So my coach sent me home thinking perhaps I had sprained my ankle or pulled a muscle. Like 
it might have just been an injury. I was hoping the same thing, so was my mom, but she did a thorough evaluation and couldn't find the real reason for that state in the left leg, the burning, the screeching pain. And my mom's good friend, an orthopedic surgeon, we're still friends with him to this day, he's awesome. And we traveled to Boston, he's at Harvard, and I was giving a large battery of tests. I mean, one of the tests took 14 blood tubes, and not the tiny ones, if you've ever been to a blood test, the very large ones that involve a lot of blood being taken. And that was one of them. And then I also had nuclear body testing and MRIs, full body scans, CAT scans, you name it. If, if you could figure out the test, I probably have had it. And in the end, I was pretty much given a wheelchair. And that's really the prequel to what happened to all of these diseases. Wow, that is amazing. Um, you know, to, to be athletic and, and all of a sudden have things take over. Um, but uh, it's good. You had all of these tests done, and I know you have the results to share with us. We're going to take a short break right here. Uh, you're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us. We will be right back. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas, and today we are talking with Brian DeShore, who is recovered from autism due to Lyme and mold biotoxins. And Brian, before the break, you were talking how about how you had all of a sudden uh, had extreme pelvic pain and couldn't walk, and you were taken in for a whole a whole bunch of uh, a tests, a blood tests, etc. And so, um, can you kind of finish what you were talking about there and what what the tests found? Okay, so the tests found that I had a lot of infections. So. What happened is that at first I got a lot of false negatives or false, yeah, false negatives because the, some of the tests were very low level and really didn't examine the proper parameters. However, we took this test called the Western blot and that's one of the tests for diagnosing diseases. And we took one of those tests and Lyme came back as a positive and along with other infections such as Bartonella, Babesia, et cetera, et cetera. That's a, that's a lot of viruses. And 11 co-infections were pretty much ripping through my pelvic bone marrow. It was mainly the Bartonella. And the rest of them were ripping through my brain, my lungs, my gut. Even These ones even crossed the blood-brain barrier, and that's pretty dangerous. So once these infections happened, we went to doctors to do antibiotics for about six months. But at the same time, we were seeing Dr. Klinghart, who had given me many natural supplements for protecting my gut, for detoxification, for nutritional support, like minerals and enzymes, and a lot more stuff on top of that. And that's when I first was introduced to the herbal cocktail. So, and then we also had Dr. Stephen Buner and Dr. Julie McIntyre, who gave me herbals and, and for all of these infections, such as cat's claw, cordyceps, rhodiola, those 
those run the herbs. Now, this combination over the period was basically put my Lyme disease to remission. However, during this period, I experienced a lot of problems, both mentally, socially, and physically as well. Namely, was physically. Once I got these tests back and we heard that these infections happened, I was really off a ways and I did not really have, I had a lot of pain pretty much. It was every day screaming pain most of the time. And that was like the first thing that we needed to get rid of. So about, I don't know, fifth grade, we were treating with all these herbs and eventually the pain just started receding as the Bartonella and the Lyme disease started to recede. And that's when the pain went away. However, there were some underlying infections. But overall, that's what happened when the tests showed because I was very shocked. I did not know what was going on at all. I was still very young compared to today. I didn't understand anything about medicine. So yeah, that's really what happened after the tests, a very abridged version at the moment. Right. So that's what basically um, got you so much better. And we're jumping ahead a little bit too, but that's, that's what, you know, parents want to know is, is so it's, and I use the, you know, the same herbal formulas that, that you use to get you uh, to, to help you recover from your symptoms there. Uh, I use those in my program and, and um, I give your mom a lot of credit. They are uh, phenomenal for the changes I've seen in people and uh, and even in my own family. And so it's, you know, the, the fact that you were in a wheelchair for two years and misdiagnosed with Lyme many times because the tests are often um, uh, incorrect, uh, for a lot of false negatives with those testings. And, um, and that, that the uh, the herbals were able to help you so much. And I'm curious too, um, we'll, we'll come back to this, which is really important, but I, I want to know too, like before when you were, you were sick. And of course, that's basically what I, I would say with autism, that there's, there is a lot of illness. You had infections in the system um, besides the Lyme. And uh, we can talk about the mold soon. Well, were you, during all of this, were you a picky eater? And did you have the, you know, the, the stomach aches and some of the various symptoms that children with autism get? So I was, back in the day, I was somewhat picky, but I, I really wouldn't say I'm that picky nowadays. However, during then, I didn't like my food to touch. I didn't mix textures when I eat. I really ate one item at a time with the exception of things that go in a dip. I don't know. It's just my own principles. However, I was not as picky as most. I always love vegetables. I mean, I follow, I do not follow that stereotype at all that kids do not like vegetables. I always love them and whatever my mom cooked because it always tasted good. That was just me. Ever since I was a baby, I always ate what my mom cooked with no, little to no problems. It must have been the fact that I was eating raw vegetables since I was young. And we would go veggie picking at local organic farms, farms and I was pick. She encouraged me to pick, wash with a hose, and eat them while we picked right there if I wanted to. So that gave me a lot of in- interaction with all of these vegetables and different foods as well. The only thing I didn't like for a while was really cooked bell peppers. I just didn't like the consistency of them. It tasted very liquidy. I wasn't really, really, really a fan of it. So that's that's really my eating story right there. I'm not much of a picky eater per se. I'm. I mean, I, obviously, some other people are picky eaters, and I do respect that, but it's not really me. Do you know what kinds of things made you feel worse, like, you know, the, any of the anxious, anxiousness or the irritability or, or any of the other, um, you know, kind of 
physical aches and pains that, that go along with with the symptoms as well. Do you, did you notice anything in particular that that made you feel uncomfortable or made you feel worse? Yes, yes, definitely. So the main thing that happened, we discovered this in about a few months into my treatment, gluten. I was alert. I was sensitive to gluten, not allergic because it was a culprit since I was exposed to mold. I was always organic. I've always been organic, but after mold exposure, my reactivity to gluten really skyrocketed. I remember my dad accidentally contaminating my dinner and I had episodes of painful dry heaves for almost a month and I didn't really feel anything when I ate foods. Sometimes I would feel a little nauseated if I did eat too much and afterwards I would have a painful stomachache and have to use the bathroom if I ate something that I shouldn't have eaten. And if that persisted, I used the bathroom for frequently for about a week and it's more like four times a day. That's, that's a lot of times. And when I did have these problems, I took the supplement Tender Tummy and drank some sparkling water. I also did take a supplement called IB Guard. It's a very helpful supplement. And I recommend if you ever have any IBS symptoms, you should take that daily because you'll, you'll feel better eventually. So take that daily, eat some binders, you'll, it'll go away. And I remember when my mom was streaming for parasites, every night after dinner, for some reason, I would experience a very sharp pain in my gut and head. And I used the bathroom that, and one or two worms come out. And this was more like biofilm. My mom then switched me to the SE specific carbohydrate diet. And I'm like, she's like, nope, I don't, I don't want any of these parasites in my body. And that really helps. Now I have a modified SCD diet and that's really it. Okay. Yeah. So diet does make a big difference as well as uh, along with the herbs. People, um, I think, underestimate sometimes the importance of diet. And of course, it's not all there is, but it is hugely important. Uh, We need to take a short break right here. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Stay with us there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. And today we have Brian DeShore with us. He has recovered from the symptoms of autism and it's due, he found later on in life, to Lyme and mold and Brian was sharing with us earlier about how how he had they had found Lyme disease and some of the the things like Bartonella that are associated with Lyme were affecting his pelvis to the point where he couldn't even walk in a wheelchair and um, then of course uh, there was some parasitic infections and various diets helped it's also important uh, for you as a listener to know that Lyme Lyme mimics the symptoms of autism as one of the main co-infections of it it's very very important and it is stage three of that free webinar the free workshop that I gave you the link to earlier and again all it's, it's linked to at the bottom of today's show notes at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian because I want to make sure you have this information Lyme is very common in children with autism it's often missed if it's found doctors don't properly often work with it the right way and it can be contracted in utero from a mom who has been infected it can be uh, given to the baby also in breast milk and then we often think it's only from ticks but it's also from head lice biting flies various things mosquitoes now so it's very, very common for Lyme to be one of these key components. And you heard Brian talk about some of the uh, devastating issues that he dealt with and how it affects the brain as well. And Brian, I know that you were also affected by mold biotoxins, and they are another huge piece of the co-infections that mimic or cause the symptoms of autism. So um, you already mentioned that you had heightened gluten sensitivity, but how else did it affect you physically and, you know, socially perhaps? So really what happened with mold is that I have the genetic code for mold biotoxin illness, and I also have genetic Lyme issues and 
methylation mutation. So I won the jackpot basically. <laughs> and along, along that way, I completely stopped growing and it became very frail and diagnosed as failure to live. Uh, sorry, failure to thrive, not live. <laughs> One doctor prescribed a lot of probiotics and I got SIBO. And I also had to deal with parasitic infections and hormonal imbalances, insomnia, mold, I mean, mood issues too. And all of this was mainly caused by the Lyme, the mold, all of that stuff. So the mold we started treating after the Lyme, about middle school age, where we started with Dr. Shoemaker, we started with this drug called Wellcold, and it was intense and high dose, so I ended up taking it three times a day. And that transitioned to the BEG spray. And, well, that did not work, and it got strong, and the Marcons got stronger. So the reason why I said Marcons is because these bacteria were inside my nasal passages, and the bacteria were attacking my cells. So they become antibiotic resistant. Imagine MRSA on steroids, basically. So I did the BEG spray, and they did get resistant to the gentamicin, which is the G in BEG. So we transitioned to the BEV spray which is vancomycin, a stronger antibiotic. However, that caused unintended side effects, such as fatigue, headaches, sinus pressure. So my mom discussed with Dr. Buner, and she went to stay with his family in New Mexico in 2017, and then she invented the Formula One herbal spray. And, and combined with that, I'm on the VIP spray as well. So that helps calm down all the inflammation caused by the Marcons, and the Formula One just kills all the Marcons. So it's just a complete cleansing cycle. And with the mold, how I felt, I believe I felt more of a cloudy feeling. I mean, there was also brain fog from the other diseases, but the mold really created a cloudy feeling because it was restricting parts of my brain from functioning. And it's not like they were starved of any nutrition. It's just that they wouldn't work properly. And therefore, I couldn't remember clear. I couldn't accurately recall different things whenever I put to the test. For example, when I'm at school, I try to, I learn a concept. I remember it. I'm good at it. But then when it comes to tests and the concept is, is a little bit mixed up, then I just can't get it because I really can't reason through that problem. So that's one example of how mold really affected me during the years. I know that mold can really affect the brain. In fact, there are some um, some scans that uh, uh, I'll link to on your show notes page, the show notes page as well. But uh, things that we can do to to check out how the brain is being affected, and and for our listeners, I want to make sure you, you're understanding too that um, there. The BEG spray is a type of uh, spray that's used uh, by Dr. Shoemaker, who is a mold specialist, um, but it's it's got antibiotics in it. And the MARCONS is an acronym, and the A and the R in it stand for antibiotic resistant. So it's an antibiotic resistant staphylococcal infection that gets in the nasal passages, which then is is really, really close and is able to cross the blood-brain barrier because the nasal sinus, the sinuses are so close to the brain there, crosses the blood-brain barrier, that gets into the brain. So these mold biotoxins create a cascade of inflammation in the body because the body with this genetic defect is not able to dispel those toxins. So that's what's going on is this huge amount of inflammation in the body. And also know that when that, that uh, staph drips in the, from the nasal passages down into the mouth through the, the, the sinuses there, 
then you're a, you can get uh, a lot of bacterial infections in the mouth. And we see children with autism have a lot of problems with their teeth. And so this is really, really important. And so, uh, so this Formula One herbal spray that Brian was talking about is a way to naturally, with an organic herbal spray, be able to kill this Marcon's. And again, it's not an antibiotic, so there aren't any negative effects of it there. And it's not... You know these antibiotic resistant strains don't don't get killed off by antibiotics, so it's very important for you to know that. Um, and so, yes, of course, it's affecting your ability to think clearly, your brain from functioning. And um, do you have anything else that that uh, you want to share about the the mold aspect, Brian? That how it affected so you or anything else? Yeah, there's one more thing that I'd like to share. My growth was really stunted back when I had mold because it was really restricting pituitary hormones from releasing as well. So I was very short and I actually still am very short. I'm about 5'1", which I would say is all right for a, a height for adulthood. And that's really just how I am. Back in about middle school, I was very short compared to everybody else in my school. I was about four, I don't know, maybe 4'10". And that was back in seventh grade. So as you can see, I haven't really grown too much ever since that point. And that was really the mold that was doing that. But as we kept doing the VIP, the B, the herbal spray, and that my growth started improving, basically. And that's really another thing I wanted to share, how the mold can affect my physical strength as well as my mental strength. And probably my social interactions too, but I don't think it did. So we're going to take a very short break right here, but there are some things with the uh, herbal formulas that I think would be helpful uh, for you to share when we come back about this, Brian, too, um, particularly the nasal spray. Um, and I know that, that we have some YouTube videos that you've created that are helpful for parents to be able to um, see some of this, uh, see the use of it in action as well. Um, we're going to take, again, a very short break. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. Please stay with Hi there, and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host. Karen Thomas and today we have Brian DeShore with us an interview that we're doing as Brian is recovered from the symptoms of autism he is now 17 years old when he was 18 months old he was diagnosed with autism and it was later found that he had uh, things like some of the co-infections that uh, again I talk about in my workshop for you to help you understand some of how this affects children so much and especially mimics the symptoms of autism and Brian was in a wheelchair for two years of his life due to the, uh, the, the Lyme infection affecting his pelvis and the bones. And um, we were talking about some of the things that mold did as well. And mold biotoxins are very common for children with autism too. And this is a genetic issue, but 29% of the population has it. So it's much more common than people are aware of. And it can cause a myriad of physical and emotional and social uh, symptoms. And one of the things, too, it's really important to know that you need to make sure that the home you're living in, the school your child is going to, and, uh, you know, anywhere they spend a lot of time, grandma's house, anything like that, that there isn't mold exposure going on on a regular basis once you clear it. And I, I, so that's, there's some, uh, I'll, I'll link to uh, some interviews that I've done and some, some, uh, uh, some information that where you can learn how to, to test your home as well. But I also use the herbal formulas in my current uh, mentoring program. And um, I think they're great because for one, one thing, they're these 
organic handcrafted formulas, but they were developed specifically for this. And uh, they're not antibiotic resistant, so they are able to, to kill some of these infections that we need to, to get to, and they do it safely. And so, Brian, can you share how you found it easiest to use some of them? Because they're, they're liquid, so it's nice you can drop them into a, some water together, and they can be drank at the same time. Um, but the nasal spray is a little bit burny at first. So especially for parents giving this to a child with autism, do you have any suggestions um, that can help um, make that? It, it doesn't hurt. It just has that momentary initial kind of little stingy feel. But yes. can you share something that might be helpful? Yeah, yeah, of course. So as you said before, the nasal spray for the Marcons does sting a little. And really what happened is that it's a very powerful spray. Any stinging, poking, prodding, or pain has never really bothered me. And my trick is that I have is that I felt much worse pain than that's what's in front of me. So I can refer back to that pain, and I think eh, this isn't so bad. And that technique is the reason why I can give myself injections. I am perfectly fine with providing a demonstration today on camera, um, camera, but um, well, on camera. So <laughs> I have a video as well on my YouTube channel. So feel free to look at it on teamlimehub.com. But for advice for, for mothers of children with autism, I would just say, tell them that it's okay, calm, and just allow them to be, experience it because they'll probably get used to it after a while since this spray does have that same sensation. I, it was very stinging in the first time I did it. I had no clue what was going on. And I would also suggest to get an ice pack to put on the nose because an ice pack really calms down any of that steam because it feels warm, stingy, and hot. So if you put an ice pack there, it will calm it. It will calm it down after a bit, and it will feel a lot better. So that's really the main advice that I have for most mothers and fathers and parents out there with autistic kids. Is there anything else with, um, you know, for from your experience, anything uh, you so you mentioned with picky eating to the, the the foods, and, it, and sometimes parents don't realize that it's actually the texture of the food because the sensory overload is so strong that the tongue and the receptors in the mouth are so sensitive that they really um, can be, uh, you know, so uh, annoying to it to a child with autism or who has a sensory overload. So, are there any other things that you found made it easier for you when you were growing up? I know. Too you, you had I've, your mom had mentioned was that you felt your brain quivered at times like anything that could be helpful for parents to to understand what their child's going through and maybe tips that could be helpful okay so for the food texture thing i would say give them different textures of, of the same food and see which texture they like because with me with cooked peppers my mom used to cook it at a very high temperature and it tasted very soggy and i did not like it at all However, when, nowadays she cooks them a little bit above raw and that tastes perfect for me because I like a little bit of the crispiness still in the peppers. Now, that's really the advice I have for food and textures, etc. But for understanding how the child feels, I hope you learn from my experiences that the child really doesn't want to talk. It's, it's not the infection that's restricting them. It's the fact that they're embarrassed. They don't want to say anything. However, understanding the child, I, I really can't say much to that because I'm only one in them probably a lot of cases but uh, from what I could understand what I could say hmm I really say that you just understand what the symptoms he's feeling how he's reacting to certain things maybe try a few new things with him see how he does he or she does and that's really all I could say there 
In your speech, it's interesting, a lot of parents write, write in about uh, speech issues and, um, you know, it's a big concern and, and some children do regress. And, and I know that, that healing the gut and clearing out some of the, the toxins and, and these infections definitely makes a difference. I've seen it happen in my program. I had one mom who said her child wouldn't speak at all and 10 months later in the program, he's now chatty to the point where he won't stop talking. So I love that. But I, I, I understand what you're saying. I think it's where if you feel so sensitive, even with your self-esteem, we feel like it's you're not speaking well or you're embarrassed in any way of how you're speaking or you're, you can't do the word connect well. And I know that's a brain thing, especially from my craniosacral background, that you sometimes the, the, the words just don't come to your to your your brain to speak and so it's this whole process to to actually to put out a word and so parents knowing this once that once the um the some of these infections and some of this these internal pieces are are cleared and some of this uh, the healing happens that that the speaking gets better because the child is more capable and once the child realizes that their speaking is is better and they don't have to be embarrassed about it that they are then able to speak uh, more and, and more comfortably as well so I think that that's really important too and even you had said Brian from from the perspective of one of those children who had speech and then stopped talking because you decided in inside and your mom probably didn't know that to any degree that you had chosen not to talk because you were you felt maybe some sense of humiliation or embarrassment around your speech so that can be encouraging and I'm sure I would assume too as you began to heal and some of these infections again and other things got out of your brain your brain's more capable of talking well and we'll talk when you can we come back I know that your um, your testing scores shifted dramatically so we're going to take a short break here you're listening to naturally recovering autism stay with us hi there and welcome back to naturally recovering autism I'm your host Karen Thomas and today we are talking with Brian DeShore on natural autism recovery and Brian was diagnosed at age at the age of 18 months with autism and it was found later due to Lyme and mold biotoxins that we've been talking about and I know both of these uh, especially the mold mold can really affect the brain and the central nervous system from this chronic inflammation that's going on in the body and uh, Brian I know one of the things that parents struggle with too is their child has a really challenging time in school not only from the social aspects but also the learning abilities and the cognitive and I remember with my own son we had him in some social and behavioral therapies that you know we were there were suggested to us and after a while he just said mom I want to but I can't and it was really heartbreaking for me as a mom to hear my child say that and I saw that it was just affecting his self-esteem and it wasn't helping him and I actually ended up pulling him out of those therapies. Then after all of the work that I did to basically, you know, heal his biology and clear out the toxins and the inflammation and all of these things that we're discussing today, and he never needed to go back to those therapies. He never needed to. And I know everybody's different, but that definitely was my son's story. And I know that you had a similar story where you were getting D's and F's in school and weren't testing well and now older you are getting A's and B's you are headed for a, a career in medicine to be a medical doctor so can you share a little bit uh, for our listeners for parents to uh, you know, just talk a little bit about that transition for you and maybe what had happened 
Okay, so really what happened with the FNDs was that because in second grade, about first and second grade, I really wasn't that well a performer because of the line, the mold, et cetera, because it was clouding up my brain. And as I said before, whenever I learned a concept, I learned it. But when it came to the test, I couldn't answer it because I couldn't figure it out. I could not string that connection together. So in the third grade, we got this plan called a 504 disability plan. Now there's two types, 504 and IEP, depending on your state. But the IEP is the one with more, with a lot more issues. And the 504 is like a, a little bit less. So I got more benefits such as extra time or typing on a computer when it's supposed to be written or something like that because um, because of my different co-infections really destroyed parts of my functional usage and the extra time was the main thing that really helped me. I also got the ability to eat snack in class as I got older, but well, I'm going to go away from that for a bit. So in third grade, I started getting a lot better grades. Now I could thank my teachers for that as well because they've some of them have really supported me throughout the years and I still thank them to this day if they could see me now. <laughs> but as I got older, my D's and F's and my very low grades on my standardized testing furthered, went up, up, up all the way until I got to an A. And the main tipping point was that in freshman year in high school, I'm not sure if it was the environment, I'm not sure if my if it was just that my mold was cleared out, but I just got a lot more intelligence. It felt like I knew everything, basically. <laughs> You ever have that feeling when you feel like you know a subject, you just know it, you can do it with your eyes closed? That's how I felt with pretty much everything. And I started getting A's, A pluses, some B's here and there, but we're not going to talk about that. And I also got started enrolling in a few competitions for biology. And that's when I realized that biology was my true passion because I became semifinalist in the United States Biology Olympiad, which is about one out of 500 people in the United States. That's a lot. That's pretty small compared to what in comparison. So that's when my passion for medicine and biology started becoming completely driven. I was really passionate for medicine back in about second grade when I started, when I was seeing all these doctors that treated me, I'm like, oh my God, these doctors are awesome. They're cool. I want to be just like them. And now I feel like I want to be more than that. I want to help people as well. I want to help them connect. I want to help them out of this hole that they're in because it's a hole that you can definitely climb out of. So really what happened in school with the disabilities and the plans and the extra advantages, so-called advantages, was that many kids were bullying me as a result. And as you know, with bullying, I really didn't tell my parents until like about a month or two later because I was very afraid, I was scared, I was worried, and especially with these conditions, I did not know what to do at all. So. Eventually, my mom went to the guidance counselor and we had, we, all three of us had a chat and the people who were bullying me had a chat as well. And they mainly stayed away from me or they did talk to me in a polite way after that because they didn't realize that I have the disabilities. I'm, uh, I'm the one who's challenged and I'm getting these things as a result of me being challenged. I mean, if you were in the same shoes, how would you feel in that sort of aspect? But Overall, as you get treated for your biology, your grades probably will start to shoot up because the thing is, the diseases are clouding the person's brain. It's not the brain that's damaged. It's more of the diseases that are restricting the brain from doing anything. Once those restrictions are gone, you can soar. You can go anywhere you want, pretty much. 
Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I watched my son struggling in these therapies and in school and having difficulty even sitting in a classroom because of the sensory issues as well. And uh, we did at one point have a 504 plan for him, which was very helpful. And uh, and then later on, um, you know, after his biology healed, all of that just really washed away, like, like you're saying. I mean, if we have... Think about diseases, infections, inflammation, toxins on our brain. It makes sense that it can't function properly. I mean, I even know today, because I have the mold thing as well, that if I'm exposed to mold, I can tell right away. I have a, my short-term memory gets really bad. All of a sudden, I, I can't think clearly. I'm having trouble, like, completely pulling out the words that I want to say. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I've been affected. I can tell. But I use the NS be one nasal spray every single day, every day, and I will ongoing for the rest of my life um, because it's a great way to have it as prevention, too, because we go into public buildings, anywhere you go into a restaurant, public bathrooms are notorious for having some type of of mold growth in there, whether or not you can see it. Um, Often it's in our walls or our subfloors, in our homes even, we can't see it, we don't know it's there, so uh, we just have exposure, and, and once you get like as you're saying once you understand how it affects you you can have those days where you realize oh wow I've really been affected today because my brain is foggy and you know the NSB one the the nasal spray really helps a lot um and uh, I'm grateful, again, to your mom for allowing uh, my active members to use that in the program with my guidance. Um, and I'll link to all of that on the show notes, again, uh, for today's show at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian. We're going to take a short break right here. Uh, and please stay with us. We will. Have you ever wondered why some children recover from their symptoms of autism while others never seem to get any better? After 13 years of research, Karen Thomas has recovered her own son from his symptoms of autism naturally. She now shares how she did it with you in her free webinar so that you can have the right resources and knowledge to help your child. The definition of recovery is to regain health. Karen offers this to you in four stages. Healing the gut, natural heavy metal detoxification, balancing the co-infections of autism, brain support, and repair. Register now for this free webinar to help you know what you can do to help your child to sleep better, be more calm, improve focus, and reach their fullest potential to live a happy, healthy life. Go to naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash free workshop. Empowering parents with the resources to naturally recover autism from a mom who's done it. Hi there and welcome back to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and thank you so much for being here with us today and getting being a proactive parent getting the resources you need to help your child recover from their symptoms of autism and the definition of recovery is to regain health and that's what we want for all of our kids they deserve to be healthy so they can be happy think well sleep well uh, and really be able to go to school and be able to learn and have friends and uh, and just overall a happy, healthy life. My my son today, as as if you've been following for a while, my son is living away on his own, 800 miles away from me at college in his own apartment. He's happy, he's healthy, he's doing great, and uh, and that's you know he's just living living his own independent, fulfilling life. And there was a day when I I wondered if that was going to be possible for him, just like I'm sure Brian's mom had, and how you you are probably wondering. 
wondering about your own child. So I want you to know that, that recovery is possible and everybody's level is different, but your child can get better and naturally. And that's what we want to share with you. Um, I have created show notes for today's show at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian and it's B-R-I-A-N. And Brian, I know you have created some resources as well that you are now sharing with others to help them on their journey um, and especially for for children and teens can and support can you talk a little bit about that so my website is called teenlimehub.com and it's a place where i want kids to connect i want the children and teenagers to have a safe space that they can talk to also i'm very sorry for the noise there's some landscaping going on out in the back. I don't know what's <laughs> happening there. But <laughs> it, it always happens, doesn't it? So <laughs> I have a Facebook group, and it basically allows the people to connect with one another. And it's a great website if you just want to learn how to, if you just want to see my story or talk with other people who have the same or similar issues to you. So there's no discrimination. There's no disability. There's, there's no disability discrimination. There's no bullying nothing of that sort. It's a great place, a safe haven, I would say. And I also have videos on my YouTube channel that's also on the website. So feel free to check that out. And I show, I will be making more YouTube videos soon because my schedule is finally open after school has ended and I'm finally in my summer. So look forward to those. But that's really all I really want to say about the website. I just want people to connect and talk to one another. And it's really important. I mean, there are so many, especially teenagers, you talked about the bullying, and it's that's a terrible thing for anybody to have to endure. Uh, and and especially if you've got some disability and, and social issues, and you're not really even understanding why people are treating you that way, but it's still hurtful. And, uh, and yeah, these 504 plans can help, but basically educating, you know, the, the school system and your child's teachers and meeting with people and having your child stand up and and say if they're being bullied is important as as Brian mentioned it was a little scary at first even to mention it to his mom but you can ask your child if if that if people aren't treating them nicely at school and if that's a part of their their uh, their problem with wanting to go to school, are they unhappy? And and then maybe educating. Um, I know bullying is a as a big has come become almost a, a federal thing these days because there's so much of it going on, and children with autism are definitely um, people who tend to be on the downside of that, unfortunately. So there is support out there. Again, you can talk to your teachers. That's really important. Um, let people know what's going on for your child, and then also. You know, talking to the, the other children and the other parents as well. Um, and then Brian's website and his Facebook group and all of these things that he's created to offer support. So if your child uh, or teenager needs some support, again, I will link to all of Brian's uh, resources at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash Brian. And um, please, please share those with your children as well. And Brian, thank you so much for being here today. I greatly appreciate it. I think it's great what you're doing, and I wish you all the best in your future. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. 
It's my pleasure. And thank you for being here today as a proactive parent and getting the resources you need. I appreciate it, what you're doing for yourself and for your child. Keep going. There is hope. And uh, please stay with us next week. We'll be back. I look forward to seeing you then. You're listening to Naturally Recovering Autism. I'm your host, Karen Thomas. 